and welcome to the Doris Davenport program with Doug Wyman. We are so glad to be with you once again. We've got a really fantastic show for you tonight. We have a number of people that are in our studio, some of which you have met before, and if you haven't met them, we certainly know that you are acquainted with them. We have others in the studio that are going to give us a lot of information that may be new to some of us. We are first going to say hello, Doug. Hello, Doug. How are you? I am terrific. How are you? I'm doing good. We're skating tonight, aren't we? Uh, we are indeed. But it's a good thing. We've got some new technical things happening in the studio. Took us off guard a bit, but that's okay. We're hanging in there. Oh, it's yeah. a good thing. It's going to make life easier for us moving into the future. Uh, Doug, why don't you let everybody know what we did last week? Sure, sure. What an inspirational show. First, we heard uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's speech to a large and enlightened audience at Stanford University, April 1967. He received a five-minute standing ovation and then started right off with the title, The Other America. And he said, there are two Americas, one beautiful, the America of the privileged, and all the opportunities that exist for jobs, education, housing, freedom, peace and tranquility and enjoyment of civil rights. Then there's another America that exists for minorities and has a daily ugliness about it. While all minorities are affected, the largest group is African Americans. Poor in the midst of plenty, looking for jobs that don't exist, and those that do pay minimum wage, no decent housing, our children are segregated schools, or underfunded and underserved, starving in the midst of plenty. Truth compels all of us to admit that there are two Americas. Let the conversation begin, and let's make it one America. Then he says, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. The next speaker was Hayward Davenport. Hayward. Hayward Hayward Davenport, executive director of U.S. Department of Development and Chairman of the State Minority Business Development since 1960. Mr. Davenport has worked with individuals who wanted to start a business. At that time, there were 300,000 minority businesses around the country, and it became the fastest growing segment, and it went to 6 million. And everyone was celebrating, but Haywood noted that only 3% of those companies growth, one million or more. So we're facing a serious challenge. Over 50 years, the disparity gap has not closed. Now he welcomes the young progressive black council to take it to the next step. Hayward Davenport is Doris Davenport's father. And now here's Doris. Well, thank you, Doug. Thank you. Right at the top of the hour, I want to let you guys know that we are live streaming. That's right, live streaming. You can head on over to www.greatlocalshops.com. Get a behind-the-scenes look so you can see all these wonderful smiling faces that I'm looking out at. Uh, yeah, so all of the month of February, we were live streaming with the exception of one week, and I hope I'm able to say we'll be doing this all the month of March. Is that a yes? That's a yes from our videographers. And I tell you, those videographers that I'm speaking about, these are our friends over at Absolute Streaming, and yes, that's another local Oak Park business. So to see us, go to Great Local Shops website. 
That's www.greatlocalshops.com. Go there now to see websites of other interesting Oak Park businesses and also a website for this show. We have some video episodes of past shows there as well. So take a look behind the scenes. Again, that's www.greatlocalshops.com. We will see you there. And now, we would like to start this next segment, uh, which is a kickoff series we're going to be doing on hunger. Uh, and in fact, all of our guests tonight, at one point or another during the series, with the exception of maybe one, will be back to talk about hunger in one form or another. Our first guest is Mr. John Scogan. He serves as Senior Community Engagement Specialist for Church World Services. In that role, he works with the, with the 30 largest producing crop hunger walks in America and Wisconsin. CWS is an international hunger and relief organization currently working in 30 countries around the world. Before coming to CWS, John worked at the National Office for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And as a camp director, John believes the Crop Hunger Walk motto that we can end hunger one step at a time. Before I welcome you to the table, I would like to say that the Doris Davenport Show with Doug Wyman has made a decision that we are going to be selecting one initiative or two each year that we are going to take on and sponsor. The first such initiative is the Crop Hunger Walk. We are the media sponsor for the Crop Hunger Walk here in our region, and we are very happy to be so. And with that, we're going to be doing a six-week series on hunger. One of our guests I want you to know, Ms. Uh, Kristen, is um, someone that's going to be from your organization. We haven't talked much about that yet, but they're at the top of our list. We welcome to the table Mr. John Skogan. Welcome to the Doris Davenport Show with Doug Wyman in the WPNA studio. Thank you. It's great to be here. But you are more than welcome. Doug, uh, why don't you start us? Sure. Hi, John. Hello, Doug. So, tell us about the history of the crop walk. Well, the national history of the crop walk uh, really goes back to um, when Church World Service started in the late 40s after World War II. And um, Lutheran, uh, the, the Lutherans and Catholics got together and were uh, picking up grain and sending grain and corn, wheat, um, to uh, Eastern Europe. And as time went on, that was not that feasible. And people also wanted to be able to raise money. And so the first crop hunger walk was in 1969 in Bismarck, North Dakota. And through that walk, they raised $25,000, which at the time was a lot of money. Good for them. You bet. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the crop hunger walks have grown now to, uh, currently we have uh, this, this year about 1,200 crop hunger walks. And nationwide, uh, those walks will raise between 10 and $12 million. 10 and $12 million. Yes, this year alone. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, there you go. So that was, and the reason that it started, you just gave to us. Uh, but the initial initial events and uh, what's going on now, take us to where it's gone. Sure. Um, in this area, I, um, I work with the 30 largest producing crop hunger walks in, in Illinois and Wisconsin. And um, this uh, hunger walk here in Oak Park, Forest Park, in River Forest, the Crop Hunger Walk, Walkathon West, is our largest walk. Um, and uh, this past year raised $70,000, and the goal this coming year is $100,000. And uh, I'm very confident we can get there. Um, 
Crop hunger walks are planned by local committees, and uh, the local committee here is uh, 10 to 15 people who um, are from local churches, local organizations, and uh, just people who are involved in kind of taking on hunger head on. Mm -hmm. And so how does Churchill Service then measure the success? Well, we measure the success in a couple of different ways, by the number of walkers, by the amount of money raised, um, but also just the involvement of uh, other people in the community. Um, part of what we do with the money raised, 25% comes back locally to local food agencies, mm -hmm. local food pantries, and um, so the success of our program also is that uh, local people are, um, they are helped through this, um, the, the Crop Hunger Walk. It's uh, local and domestic and international. Mm -hmm. And do you feel the general public has a real understanding of the hunger problem in America? I would like to think so. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I wonder if um, we think of um, hunger as someplace else, in another country, across the ocean. Um, and uh, one of the things that we like to do is educate uh, on local hunger issues. And so, for us, that's a really, str a really strong point of having those local agencies involved, mm -hmm. that we can put a local face on hunger. Mm -hmm. Now, why do you think that most of the ads that we see on TV are focused on hunger and other countries rather than here at home? Well, I, I think, um, again, I don't, I don't know that we necessarily want to think of our neighbors that way. Uh, and. Um, it's sometimes easier to raise money if we show uh, children who are really down and out and people open up their, their wallets because they feel guilty or, um, you know, that's, that's what they see. Um, hunger really is around us. It's all over the place. Uh, it's with our neighbors and <coughs> we might have um, um, been hungry at one point or people that we know have, have really benefited from the food pantries, the local food pantries from the Chicago um, Food Depository or the Northern Illinois Food Bank. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that uh, we spend 25% local. Mm -hmm. And then how many different countries do you go to? We are involved right now in about 30 countries around the world. Church World Service um, does disaster and emergency response. So when there's uh, natural disasters, hurricanes, earthquakes, uh, we have people on the ground who can help with those. Uh, we also are dealing with, um, in uh, Central South America, land rights in the Chaco region. Indigenous people have had their land taken away and they have no right to that land. And so we're helping them to get their land back so they can uh, grow their own crops. Mm -hmm. We're involved in Indonesia with a food assistance program and feeding programs to make sure that young people um, have uh, good nourishing food and teaching sustainable agriculture so instead of just sending money or sending food, we actually are walking with people um, and helping them to raise themselves out of uh, the, the hunger and poverty that huh. they might Could you tell us a story about that? Well, sure. There's a woman, um, Ursi, in uh, Indonesia, and um, we were able to give her seeds for a farm project that she had, and those seeds um, she planted, and she was able to have a couple of different harvests um, Church World Service built a kiosk in the village and she was able to bring her extra food, her extra produce, and either trade it or sell it. If she sells it, she has money to buy more seeds 
and therefore she can uh, continue her farming um, and uh, and grow her own food. Hmm. And you mentioned that you have people on the ground in these countries. We do. Do they actually, they actually there? They're, yes. They're there all the time? Right, correct. Um, we have a Latin America office that would um, work with uh, Central America and South America, uh, Haiti. We still have people in Haiti from the earthquake a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have an office in Africa that does a lot with immigration and refugee resettlement. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a, an Asia office that works in Asia also. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite a story. So, what else would you like to tell us? Well, before you even get into there, I wanted to ask a question about some of the work that you're doing in these other countries. You know, I've noticed that even um, in some of the underdeveloped company, countries, companies in those countries, and a lot of times these are American companies, they're, they're having local uh, policymakers pass laws that keep uh, native um, inhabitants from even fishing in lakes that have been the source of food for their, for their families for generations. Do you get involved in any of the um, support that these local inhabitants need? We absolutely do. And that's uh, one example would be the Chaco region in South America, where we are helping um, local people uh, through GPS mapping to map out um, land that was once theirs and actually providing advocacy to help them get that land back. Mm -hmm. So working with uh, the local indigenous people as well as um, the government and even the local governments in, in that area. Great. Doug, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions mm -hmm. uh, on, the, on the local crop walk. So how many people typically engage in the crop walk? Here, locally? Here. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, this, this year our goal is 500, or 500 either walkers or participants. And that's compared to what in the past? 300. Yeah. yeah, so our goal is $100,000. Last year it was 70. Mm -hmm. In order to get that, we're going to increase the number of walkers by 200 and allow participants. That means you don't have to walk, you just get money for it and you turn in that money. Perhaps well, that's what I did last year. I didn't walk, but I did raise the and money. And you're going to do that again this year? Oh, well, right? yes, sir. <laughs> 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 right. And, and we figure that if we have 500, the minimum goal we ask for is 300 for each mm -hmm. walker. If they only do 200, we've got our 100,000. Okay, great. Next week we'll get into some more of those details. But tell me, what moves you most about participating in this event? I know this is the one event uh, that's really the dearest to your heart. Yes, right. Well, uh, because I have uh, many friends and relatives who have been over in, in Africa, and, uh, and they tell me about the situations there, and the hunger that they go through. And and actually, when there's a, one billion people nationally that go to bed hungry mm -hmm. tonight. And so that, when, when my granddaughter told me that she was over in Africa and the biggest thing that she probably she had was mm -hmm. uh, getting food ah. for them. Yeah. And how big is your team? My team is going to be 50. 50, and what are your goals this year personally? Uh, personally, I'm going to raise 15000 15000 Okay, well, I'll get my instruction later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now tell me, what has to happen, uh, John, for, this, for you to consider this year a success? Well, it is um, about kind of the end game is always to mm -hmm. look at ending hunger. Sure. Uh, we're walking not to walk, not to be healthy, not to have a nice Sunday afternoon. 
we're walking to end hunger. So that ultimately would would be our success. Sure. Um, of course, it's raising money. And through our gifts, through the, the amount of people, through the education, the awareness we raise, um, that is success in its, kind of in its own right. Um, and just to get people to understand that our neighbors here, as well as around the world, suffer from uh, hunger and poverty. Great. Well, in the 30 seconds that we have left, uh, Doug, you asked a question I um, uh, diverted the last time. Why have we not asked you to let you talk? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, we'll give you about a minute to wrap up. All right. Uh, church World Service and, and Crop Hunger Walks really depend on um, people at the local level. And um, I appreciate being here in this community in a, in a local radio program because um, it is a grassroots effort and it's a community-wide event that brings together people who might not really talk to each other. Uh, different uh, people of different faiths and different organizations who might not intersect, but yet they're coming together uh, really to fight hunger and um, to raise up those people who uh, might otherwise go to bed hungry tonight. Awesome. Well, uh, with that, we would like to thank Jill Skagen for being with us. We appreciate your visit and informing us about this uh, Cross Hunger Walk. And we hope you'll come back and visit us sometime. I will. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you.